Um, and just to recap some of that, for those of you that maybe forgot or haven't been here, the only way we can know God is to spend time with Him. It kind of makes sense, right? The only way I can know you, the only way you can know me is if we spend time together. If you want to know your favorite football team, you have to watch the games. You have to check out the, the stats. If you want to know how to do the, the right equations in math, you have to study it, spend time with it. If you want to know God, you've got to spend time with Him. Make sense? Head nod. Yes. Yes, it makes sense. Okay, moving on. God has given us His Word. This is what we talked about last week. He's given us His Word so that we can actually know Him. So we have to read it for ourselves. Instead of waiting for me to tell you what it means or your small group leader to tell you what it means, God gave us His Word for us to read so we can learn what He has to say to us. Not just wait for me. Not just wait for your small group leader. Not just to wait for Brian on Sunday morning. It's, it's for you guys to read now. It's for me to read now. And so that's what we talked about all last week is how important this book is. How it's not just a book. But this is the main way God speaks to us. It's through this. So whenever you guys have the Bible in your hand, know that this is what Jesus lived out. He was the living Bible. And he showed us how to live this out. And this is the main way that God actually tells us how to live like Jesus, is through this. So this is pretty, pretty big deal, pretty important. It's actually the biggest, the most important thing we could ever read. So even though, you know, literature is fun and all in, in school, it doesn't, it doesn't have anything on the Bible. So pick it up, read it. That's the main way God talks to you. So doing this every day, reading this every day, which is why we've been doing that 21-day challenge thing, has a, a huge potential to show us what God's wanting us to do, right? So... In order to spend time with God, we actually have to set aside some time. We have to guard it. We have to do it every day. It's, it's not just like, okay, I'm going to try to do it. Um, every Easter I do it. Every, every uh, Christmas I'll do it. I'll spend some time with God. This is like an everyday thing, setting aside 30 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever it is, and spending time with God every day. Um, and this is where the 21-day challenge comes in. Some of you might be here for the first time. You have no idea what I'm talking about. In 21 days, you start a habit. If you do something 21 days in a row. So if 21 days in a row, I pick my nose, that would be a habit. I would be picking my nose every day probably after that. And just so you know, I do do that. Um, I'm, just, I'm just kidding, guy. I'm really not kidding. You all pick your nose and you know you do. Um, and by the way, a study shows that the place, that, and I want to see if you guys know this, okay? This is a fun little fact has nothing to do with reading your Bible. But um, does anybody want to take a guess at where people pick their nose the most? What? Oh, sh- I want hands. I want hands. I'm going to call on people. I'm gonna- where? Yeah. Right there. Yes. Say it louder. Pick their nose in their nose. You smart aleck, you. Yes. In Revolution? Are you kidding me? A real place that most people pick their nose. Fire. Oh, my goodness. All right. Yes. No, not you. What? In the bathroom. No, actually. It's crazy. Yeah. 
North Korea. Because they, they have skinnier fingers or something? No. Courtney. In the car? That's actually right. In the car. In the car is where, is where I don't know if it's scientists, but survey people have said, people say they pick their car, pick their car, pick their nose the most in the car. And after I heard that, I, uh, next time I got in the car, I picked my nose. Um, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. But uh, I have noticed now that I heard that, that survey, that if I'm stopped at a red light or something, I'll look around just to kind of like see if anybody's doing it. And I totally caught a lady doing it the other day. She, she had her pinky like up to the second knuckle. I mean, she was like going for it. Disgusting. Okay, anyway, I totally sidetracked us just now. Here's what I want us to do, all of us, even me. Let's focus, let's zero in. Take a deep breath in. Let it out. Okay, now we're focused. Um, the 21-day challenge is all about starting a habit and it's not picking your nose. It's actually reading your Bible and praying and actually reading something specific. Um, I, gave, I gave you guys that wanted to take that challenge a plan for every day for 21 days, which involved reading a chapter of the Gospel of John and praying for something different every single day. And the, it, by the time you've done the 21-day challenge, you've read the entire book of John, because there's only 21 chapters in John. And by the time you've prayed for all these things, you've prayed for your family, you prayed for your school, you've prayed for our student ministry here, you've prayed for our church, you've prayed for specific things for yourself. There's all kinds of different things that you've prayed for by the end of that. So imagine if you did that every day for like your whole life. Imagine how much stuff you could read and imagine how much stuff you could pray for if you did that every single day of your life. And so that's what this is about, is starting a habit that will last past middle school that'll keep going into high school and into college because this is a habit that that I try to have this is a habit that our leaders try to have this is not something that just stops in middle school or something I mean this is this is a habit that you you should have your entire life because it's so important so we talked about Bible study last week and um, and Bible study and prayer are kind of the two big pieces of what makes up your time with God and so guess what we're going to talk about tonight Prayer, the second part of that. So prayer is kind of one of those things that some people don't quite get. It's kind of confusing sometimes. Um, so you got to start off with like, what is prayer? I mean, that's just kind of the basic question. What is it? Uh, I don't quite understand it. So I literally looked it up in a dictionary to find out what does the dictionary say prayer is. And this is what the dictionary said. Prayer is the act of communicating with a deity. And if you don't know what a deity is, it's a God figure. So for us, that would mean talking to God. To simplify it, prayer is talking to God. Us as humans, talking to God, our creator, the, the all-powerful one, the creator of everything. And so if you've ever wondered what prayer is, there it is, right there, the definition. Communicating with God, talking to God. Now... We see all kinds of different ex examples of this going on in the Bible. I mean, all throughout the Bible, we see tons of people talking to God. And I just, I'm highlighting a couple names of people. And when they were talking to God, we see people like old Moses, you know, dude with the staff who, uh, who was able to part the Red Sea because of God 
giving him this ability to part the Red Sea. And, and really it was God parting the Red Sea through Moses. But Moses had many times where he's praying on this mountain. And here's a cool, cool thing about Moses. When Moses would pray and have time with God, a lot of times he would do it on top of this mountain. And then when he came down, his face was like glowing because he had been in the presence of God. It glowed so much that it would like freak people out. Because, I mean, imagine if you walked around and your face was glowing. Like people would probably be like, dude, what's wrong with you? You need to get some proactive, brother. I mean, you're like glowing. I mean, I don't know if this was like a red glow or if this is a green glow or just a white glow. I have no idea. But it, it was glowing because he had been in God's presence. And so it freaked people out so much, he would put a veil in front of his face. You know like what a, a, a chick wears when she's getting married? The veil, a girl, a woman, when she, wear, she wears the veil. He would wear one of those except probably a masculine version or else he'd get made fun of, um, just so people wouldn't see his glowing face and freak out. And so Moses had all kinds of different experiences praying and talking to God. He even would come to God and beg for him not to kill the Israelites because they were doing something stupid again. He would beg and say, God, please don't kill them. I know they're being idiots right now. Please. And so Moses spoke to God all the time. He had all kinds of encounters with God. Sometimes um, they were encounters where he was frustrated. Sometimes there were encounters where he was thanking God for parting the Red Sea, giving them food from the from sky. Did you know that bread fell from the sky when Moses was leading the people of Israel? Crazy stuff. So Moses got to talk to God a lot. Now we got this other guy, Jonah. This dude swallowed by a fish. Okay? Huge fish swallowed him. He's in the belly of a fish, and guess what he decides to do? Pray. Good idea, Jonah. You're a genius. Um, So he gets in the belly of this fish. He starts to pray, which is not a bad idea, and then the fish spits him out because he, he finally submitted to God. So Jonah had a very serious encounter with God in the belly of a fish. I don't know about you, but I don't want to ever have that kind of encounter. I would prefer to not be in a fish. Um... So Jonah talked to God in the belly of a fish, so apparently you can speak to God in a lot of different places. David, this guy in the Bible who was the king of Israel, David was also the guy that killed who? Goliath. Goliath. David is all in the Bible, and he has many times where he's praying. He actually wrote these things called the Psalms, and this is the book of the Bible that is right before Proverbs. It's a pretty, book, a pretty big book. He didn't re- write all of those psalms, but he wrote a lot of them. And a lot of them are just his prayers to God, things he said to God. And so David had all these moments where he's talking to God, especially when he's in, he was the actual king of Israel. He would ask God for his blessing. He would ask God for his provision. He would ask God for help in battle. And so David had all kinds of experiences talking to God. Then we got Paul. He's in the New Testament. He's the guy that wrote most of the New Testament stuff that we see in the end of the Bible. Paul went through all kinds of stuff for Jesus. He was in prison, all this different stuff. And he would pray in the prison. He would pray in these different towns he would go to as they're stoning him. All these different things would be going on. And Paul would be talking to God about all of it because he was going through a tough time. And some of us 
feel like we go through a tough time sometimes, like getting made fun of at school, which is a real thing and really does weigh on us. There's things with boyfriends and girlfriends that feel just like weird and messed up. And, and we feel like it's, it's like, man, the girl just doesn't even know I exist or the guy is, he, he's so immature and he's so lame. And you feel like life is terrible. Well, Paul's life really was terrible. I mean, he like tried to get killed everywhere he went. He would get put in prison. It was bad. So he talked to God a lot about that stuff. And then we got this uh, other guy named Jesus. Maybe you've heard of him. Um, can, can I get a what what for Jesus? Nice. So Jesus actually spent a lot of time with God praying too. Which you would kind of be like, well, isn't it kind of the deal where it was with the Bible, where Jesus is, is, he is the walking Bible, so he doesn't need to read it? So why would he need to talk to God since he is God? A little bit different there. Because God is in relationship with himself. There's more than just one part of who God is, but God is just one God. So he was talking to God in heaven, even though he was God on earth. And he was keeping that connection there, continuing to talk to God, tell God, all kinds of things about what was going on with him here on earth. And so Jesus, who was God, still prayed to God. So if Jesus did that, we definitely need to do that. Tell God what's going on. Talk to him about things. Jesus, before the night before he's crucified, right before he gets arrested, he's praying. He's talking to God. God, please, if there's any way I cannot have to go through this that'd be awesome but he knows there's not and he winds up going through with it and thank goodness he did because it made a way for us to actually know who God is now so all these, all these uh, guys right here and there's girls in the Bible too where we see them praying I just didn't throw their names up there but there's all kinds of examples of people praying to God, talking to him the creator of everything this huge massive God we can actually talk to so, Matthew chapter 6, this is Jesus, okay? He's talking to his disciples. The disciples are like, Jesus, how do we, how do, we do this prayer stuff, man? What is that? How do we do it? We see you talking to God all the time. How are we supposed to do it? And so Jesus kind of sets it up and tells them some guidelines right here. In uh, Matthew 6, verses 5 through 8, and these are the first two right here. And it says, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues. And on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But they, but when you pray, do go, let me try this again. Verse 6. Um, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. When your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Next couple verses. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Have you ever been put in the position, or maybe you've heard somebody put in this position, where it's like, hey, either pray for the group or pray for the meal or something like that. And then all of a sudden, this person, or maybe you, go into this super, like, long, wordy prayer because they don't, or you don't, know what to say. You know what I'm saying? Like it's almost awkward sounding because there's so many words and so many things being said. And sometimes when we're in a group and we get called on to pray, like our palms immediately start to sweat 
our armpits get all like nasty and there's like a wet spot all the way from here to here. And we, we just have no idea what to do. And so Jesus is like, listen, don't be all wordy with your prayers. Don't feel like you have to say all this stuff to God. God knows what's in your heart. And don't be a hypocrite. Don't like pray for all these things and talk to God like you're this big, you know, Christian, but yet you go out and live differently. Just talk to him. Don't do it out and for everyone to see. Don't just, oh, there's a big group of people. I'm going to pray over here so everybody sees me pray. Don't do that. Just talk to him. Spend time with him. I remember one time I was asked to pray, and, uh, and it was a pretty serious thing. Like, it was a kind of serious situation. Um, we were in a hospital, and I was there visiting somebody to, to just find out what was going on with them, to pray with them. And they, they asked me to pray for their brother. And they said their, their brother's name was Daniel. And I'm not good with names sometimes. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. And we gather around, you know, and, and we hold hands and we start to pray. And I'm praying. And I'm like, dear God, just be with Benjamin and... <laughs> The guy that was with me, he like nudges me. He's like, it's Daniel. I'm like, oh God, I'm sorry. You know this. <laughs> Daniel, be with Daniel. Be with Benjamin too. I don't know who he is, but be with Daniel. And so I felt so embarrassed though. I'm like, oh my goodness. I just messed up the prayer. Have you ever thought you've messed up a prayer before? Have you thought how ridiculous that sounds to think you've messed up a prayer? Do you ever think, like, when you're talking to somebody, you ever think, oh, I totally messed up that sentence? I, you do? We need to talk through this then. Because <laughs> if you're talking to a friend and you mess up a sentence, it's not really a big deal. I mean, you could worry about it, I guess, but it's not really a big deal. Like, if God hears me say Benjamin, but he knows I mean Daniel, do you think God's like, oh my goodness, Brad? Give me your pastor card. You're done. You're off the team, man. He's not doing, I hope he's not doing that. That'd be terrible. So we all get in these situations, though, where we feel like that. And, like, we mess up this whole prayer thing. We don't know what prayer really is, so we'll just kind of start mumbling and saying stuff. And so it makes me think of this uh, particular movie. So um, I thought I would show this little clip. God, thank you. You are such a good God to us, a, a kind and gentle and accommodating God. And we thank you, oh sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly laying at our table this day and each day by day day by day by day oh dear lord three things we pray to love thee more dearly to see thee more clearly to follow thee more nearly day by day 
My day. Amen. Amen. Oh, Craig, that was lovely. Thank you, Craig. That was interesting, too. So, I, if any of you are wondering how to pray, just watch that video. I mean, that's it. That is how you pray, right there. Um, it's from a movie, Meet the Fockers, and uh, it's actually Meet the Parents, Meet the Parents. So, uh, anyway, it's, uh, it's funny because that's happened to a lot of us before. I know I've felt like I've been in that situation before, and you don't know what to say, especially when you don't really know the people that well, and it, you get all nervous and stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, God just wants us to talk to Him. I mean, prayer is not that complicated. You do not need to know all the old English words that people used to say back in England, uh, the way they wrote the King James Bible. You don't need to know Hebrew. You don't need to know the old Jewish prayers. You don't have to know that stuff. You just need to talk to them. First Peter, I love this verse. It's pretty simple, straightforward. It says this. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Talk to him about the stuff that's going on in your life that, that's really stressing you out. If you really are concerned about the conversation you have with a friend and you feel like you messed it up, talk to God about it. Be like, God, I felt like an idiot earlier when I talked to my friend and I passed gas right in the middle of my sentence. It threw me off. Tell God about that. I know that sounds ridiculous, and it is a little bit, but tell him what's really going on in your heart, what's really on your mind. Some of you have some things that you think about and you don't tell anybody, and God wants to hear about it. Because God is there for you. Guess who loves you more than anybody? God. So tell him about that. So at the end of the day, it's just about talking to him. It's just about opening your mouth and being real with him. Because so many of us in here will put on like our Christian face and we'll throw out the Christian prayer that we know like is good. it's a good prayer, like it's holy, it's very holy prayer. Um filled with many words that you've heard in church before. But at the end of the day, it's got to be real. It's got to be from your heart. God just wants to hear from you. So just talk to Him. Tell Him the things that are really on your mind, really on your heart, stressing you out. Those are the things He wants to hear about. Nathan. Nathan, stop. All right, here's a little plan for you, okay? Let me, let me back up real quick. Um... Some of you, it's great if I say, okay, just tell him whatever's on your heart. That works for you. You can take that and run with it. Some of you need a plan, right? You're like, okay, give me something to follow because I'll do better with that. I need some kind of thing to, to help me do, just share with, from my heart. So give me something like that. So I've got a little something for you that I want to share with you. I've used it in the past, um, and it's a little acrostic, okay, which means each letter stands for a new thing. It spells out the word acts. And, uh, and so the very first letter in that is adoration. Here's what adoration means. Telling God how awesome he is. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but remember who you're talking to, right? You're talking to the one who made you. You're talking to the one who made this planet. You're talking to the one who made the stars. You're talking to the one who sent his son to die for you. So you can't tell him how awesome he is enough. 
because he's that awesome. So adoration. Start off just telling God how awesome he is. Then from that, you can move on and you can start telling him some things you've, you've, you've messed up on this week or this day or this past hour. Some of you for the past 10 minutes. God, here's all the things I've kind of messed up on. Here's the things I'm trying to work on. And you just confess. And here's the deal. Each and every one of us have something to confess because we all mess up. It could be something as simple as your attitude. It could be the way you talk to your mom or dad. It could be the fact that you did something maybe a little bit worse, a little bit bigger. You stole something. I don't know. You broke a big rule in the house. You broke one of his rules. I mean, I don't know. But you just confess some of those things. You tell God, God, this is what I did. I'm, I'm, very, I'm sorry about this, but here's the deal. You already know it anyway, but here's what's going on. So then you move on from adoration, confession, and then you go on to a thing called Thanksgiving. This one's pretty easy. I think we all understand this one. You tell them the things you're thankful for. And it's fitting because Thanksgiving's coming up, right? So just tell them everything that you're thankful for. Now, here's the thing, okay? God, everything good that we have, the Bible says, came from God. So everything good in your life, guess who you can thank for it? God. So you can't run out of things to be thankful for because there's plenty of good things in your life. Whether you realize it or not, there's a lot. So you can thank him for the fact that you're alive, thank him for the fact you have clothes on, thank him for the fact that you had something to eat that day. There's all kinds of things to be thankful for. So just thank him for some things. Then this last word's kind of a big one, okay? And I'm going to explain what it means. But it's the word supplication. It's a big one. Supplication means this. It's you praying for actual people. It's you kind of coming before God and bringing people to Him. And supplication is kind of broken up into two parts. And you can write this underneath it or to the side of supplication. Write others. And then under that, write yourself. And here's the whole idea with supplication. You're praying for the people that you know, your friends, your family, that you know that need God to do something in their life, whether it's heal them or restore their marriage or to help them get through something tough in their life or whatever it is that you're praying for people for, that's what you pray. That's where you pray for that right there. And then at the very end of it, you pray for yourself. Pray for things you need that you're asking God to do. Whether it's helping you spend time with God every day and read your Bible, whether it's you to have a better attitude whether it's for you to stop gossiping about other people, whether it's about you just stop giving your, your teacher attitude, whatever it is, pray for that stuff for you at the very end. And you're kind of the last, last one you pray for. And so by the end of it, you've told God how awesome he is. You've kind of confessed some things that you've done wrong. You've thanked God for everything he's given to you. You've prayed for other people and you've prayed for yourself. And so that's kind of a simple plan that you can follow. It might help some of you. Some of you, you just need to kind of just blah, kind of say whatever's on your heart. But this is something that might kind of help you. But really the main thing you need to remember is this. 
you're talking to God, so don't think you're just talking to... It's not just like talking to, you know, your homeboy. Even though he does call you a friend. He does call you a friend, so you need to talk to him like a friend. But with respect. But talk to him like a friend. Like, don't be all like... Henceforth, God, I bringeth these petitions to you in holy reverence. Amen and amen. I mean, you don't have to, t- to talk like that. Talk like you would to a friend. But remember who it is. This is God. So tell him what's going on. Tell him what you're struggling with. Tell him what you're having a hard time with. Because the Bible says that he cares for each and every one of us. Each and every one of you in here, he cares for you. And he loves you. Like crazy. So why wouldn't we talk to him? He's waiting for us to. He's waiting for you to give some of these things that you've been stressing about and worrying about. He's waiting for you to give them to him. He's waiting for you to just tell him about it. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. I love this because it kind of gives, it shows us the humanity of who God is and who Jesus is. It says this, for we do not have a high priest who is able to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So when you feel like God is maybe so high above and so far beyond us that he can't relate to us, know that Jesus went through the same stuff that we go through. He had the same temptations we had. He understands what it it feels like to have somebody betray you and feel hurt by that. He knows what it feels like to experience pain. He knows what it it feels like to to have the world literally on his shoulders. And so when you feel like God can't empathize with you, he can't understand, God understands. And I know it's easy in middle school to be like, he doesn't understand me in middle school, like what I have to go through with my friends and and all the stuff at school and all that stuff. As crazy as it sounds, he does. He does understand. So talk to him about it. He's going to understand more than anybody. So talk to him. Let that stuff go. Give it up to him. I'm going to ask the band to come back up. And we're going to do a couple things together. First thing I'm going to do is ask you guys to do what we just talked about. I'm going to give you guys some time and some space to just pray about whatever's on your heart right now. I'm going to have the band play a little bit, but we're not going to sing or anything like that. I want you guys to just focus on, on the fact that God is here. Take some time. Maybe you pray through the Acts thing. Maybe you tell them about your day. Maybe you... You tell him about something that's been stressing you out. I have no idea what it is, but you just talk to him for a a little while. And I'm just going to give you a couple minutes just to do that. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to be quiet. We're not going to sing. We're just going to have some music going. And you and God just have a moment.
So right now, where you're at, just close your eyes, bow your head, just so you can get everything else out of your mind. You're not worried about what your friend's doing. You're not worried about what's going on two aisles to your left or right. Just you and God have some time and you talk. Just talk to him like a friend. Because that's what he calls you.